We've got a huge inside the NRL coming your way. Phil Gould begins his tenure as general manager of football today, but how long will it take Gus to make the Bulldogs great again? Terrific Tiger Adam Dewey joins us, fresh off his starring role against the Broncos. He helps preview Wild West's Tales of Tiger Town ahead of tonight's airing on Fox Lee. The race for the final two spots in the top eight heats up, but who will be there come September? And can Anthony Milford help Parramatta's premiership point? Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. Yes, plenty going on. Operation Relocation, big tick. One round down in Queensland. We'll find out shortly how many to go. I'm Zach Bailey, joined by 2010 Premiership winner in Jamie Soud and six-time grand finalist Michael Chamis. Uh, how many wins in your grand finals as a rugby league junior? Uh, look, I haven't got a very good record, actually. We'll just leave it at that. I haven't, like, well, I haven't won a grand final in any... Well, that's a lie. One quick grand final, lost ten others. Disgraceful. All right, 0-6. Uh, that left egg on Michael's face. Uh, it's back this week. What left egg on these guys' faces? I'll actually start with you today, Michael. What left the egg on your face in round 18? Oh, it gave Manly absolutely no chance without Tommy, without Jake, without Daly Cherry Evans. I thought they would be no match for the Dragons and understrength Dragons, but egg on the face. It's... Uh... Geez, they were, they were that, good manly without their, their main three players there and that right side's looking good at the moment. And that would have frustrated, that performance would have frustrated Des, what they dished up against the Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders. That, that, that was at, at home, you know, and like Oliver Carr to, you know, that man on screen, Rob Butt. Like, they've just been able to get the best out of those guys and then they dished that up. So um, we were expecting a bit of a, a lash back and we got that from the... From the Vintage Kieran Foran, it was great to watch. Man, hard to watch. Hard to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I've played against Kieran and, yeah, it's... I mean, I love watching the, the great playmakers, you know, do their thing, but it was hard to watch. OK, who uh, left egg on your face, Sally? The Queensland teams. Seriously. None, none, they're not going to make the eight. None of them are going to make the eight again. They're diabolical over the weekend. The Cowboys, they start fast and then some games you feel like they're going to go on and they're a really good team at home. The Titans... Immature is how you sum them up. And then the Broncos yesterday. See, the Titans and Broncos, they should nearly be go through undefeated in this little bubble life because they haven't had to... I know they've had to relocate out of their house, but in terms of playing at home and you know, feeling familiar with the stadium and everything, they should be way better than that. And the Bron Queensland teams were awful on the weekend. Seriously? <laughs> this bloke, for real, that, that's what left egg on your face after the weekend? Yeah, because I tipped them. I tipped two out of the three. You've got, you've got a, 12, a dozen or an omelette or whatever you got on your face. Do you remember what you tweeted on Wednesday night? What did I tweet? Did, oh, but you can't remember. I yeah, can't. Honestly, I was on Twitter. You disgraced you yourself. Set me up you, ruined the, you ruined it for the whole state. I'll remind you. This is what you tweeted on, tweeted on Wednesday night. Taking yeah. the two, huh? You aren't beating the Blues 2-0. Go for it yourselves and give uh, and go with some Go confidence. for it. Give yourselves some, ball, some confidence. Hey, one by two points. Yeah. That's egg. That's an omelette. That's all right. I get some wrong. <laughs> I'm happy to admit it. That's it. Well, I've just helped you admit it. I, I think I got rid of that tweet, actually. Did you? Did you? I think so, it. yeah. Oh, just, it was taking up too much of my time. I was getting in tennis matches with Pelicans out there. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I turned into a Pelican myself, so I've decided to uh, ease up on the tweets. It's been a long week. I've been in lockdown for five days. It's been a long week, and it's been a big week for the Bulldogs. We'll get to the signing of Gus Gould shortly, but a bizarre ending last night against the Rabbitohs on the way to halftime. Lockie Lewis uh, produced his best uh, body slam of Cody Walker as he was walking to the ground. Here it is here if you haven't seen it. 
Uh, bizarre scenes, Michael Chamis. Do we know what sparked that action from Lockie Lewis, which earned him 10 in the bin? Yeah, apparently there was something said to Nick Meaney uh, from Cody Walker that he took exception to Lachlan Lewis. And if, if you cast your mind back to Good Friday, there was a lot of... A little bad bud between Cody Walker and the Bulldogs. If you, there was that slam on Nick Meaney's, the back of his head with, with the forearm from Cody Walker, which I think he got one week for at the time. He also started the fight with Kyle Flanagan, if you remember as well. So there's a little bit of bad bud, blood between Cody Walker and, and the Bulldogs. Here's the incident on Good Friday. Uh, I think this was with Kyle Flanagan here. And then it started a, a little, bit of, little bit of an all-in brawl. After that, so yeah, Cody Walker, they're in the same hotel at the moment as well on the Gold Coast, so I wonder how that went down when they returned last night. Wouldn't have been fun, I don't think so. you got to be smiling. Oh, seriously, this bloke started an all-in brawl <laughs> from that. <laughs> on Good Friday. Unbelievable. I thought it was uh, idiotic from Lachlan Lewis. I, I actually like watching him play because of his off-the-cuff thinking and the way that he just, he doesn't really play to structure, which troubles teams, and he was, yeah, they were on top. At the moment, they go into half-time and the Souths are going, they're looking for some answers. Wayne's probably reminding them they're, they're, they're making too many mistakes. But for Lachlan Lewis to do that, and the other question I want to know, boy, why isn't that a penalty? If you're going to have 10 in the bin, I don't think I've ever in the, the game seen someone sent to the bin for 10 minutes without a penalty. So what do you want to start the second half with a penalty? Well, why not? Go for two, start, why not? start the half. Why not? Explain to me why not. All right, we'll get, I'll get on to Graham Mannersley and ask him uh, why not. Uh, but uh, Lockie Lewis was fined $1,600 today for contrary conduct. So uh, 10 in the bin and $1,600. All right, in good news for the Bulldogs, on Friday night the club announced that Gus Gould would be returning to the club he coached for a premiership back in 1988. He left his role with the Warriors effective immediately. His first day as general manager of football with Canterbury was today. Now, Michael... If we cast back a month, he said, no, I'm not going to the Bulldogs. And then if we go back to September last year, he said to Trent Barrett, don't go there, it's a toxic culture at the club. What on earth has happened since September to change the narrative for him to now be the head of their football department? Because it's a big move. Yeah, it is. And look, a month ago, the situation was quite different with COVID at the moment. Obviously, he'd been in New Zealand a couple of times as part of his job with the Warriors there. So he was expecting to see that out in full and develop the pathway system that they hired him to do. Things have changed, obviously, in the last month, made it very difficult. There's probably no light at the end of the tunnel at the moment in regards to what he can or can't do with the Warriors. And the Bulldogs have been chasing someone since January, since December last year. They went after Peter Parr from the Cowboys and got knocked back, and they went after Gus, and obviously the situation at the time wasn't right. And then they made, the other phone, made another phone call because perhaps this was the right time, given the situation we're in. And I think it's a great, great fit for the Bulldogs. I think he spoke month or so ago at the luncheon about what it takes to be a bulldog and yeah I think he said to people that you guys have forgotten what it is to be a bulldog and that resonated with some people at the sports luncheon I think Steve Hansen was there at the time and uh, it's uh, he's obviously such a revered figure in the game he, he does he's done such a, a magnificent job with the Penrith Panthers and regardless of how it finished he set that club up in a way that has allowed them to do what they have done now and the Bulldogs could only hope that he could do half the job he did with Penrith that he's um that he's managed to do. Yeah, a great job with the Panthers. Uh, the infamous or famous five-year plan. It mm. probably took 10 years to develop Penrith into a genuine premiership contender. How long will it take Gus 
to rebuild the Bulldogs? It's, it's going to take a, a little while. Yeah, they're still a way off. I know they've recruited well for next year, but they're still coming last in the competition. So um, I think the, the important thing, you know, I, I echo Chamis's words, Gus is an important hire, one of the smartest people I've ever had the pleasure of talking to about rugby league. He had a lot of help out there at Penrith as well in terms of getting those young guys through. Jim Jones, Matty Cameron, helped bring the next crop through. So he's going to have some stuff in place, which I think starts taking the next part to the level. Whether they become a premiership contender in the next five years, I don't know. But they need to start going forward in terms of getting some key marquee players to the club. Yeah, a big kill. A, a free agent. If he was somewhere, somewhere able to get a Josh Hodgson, that's a big kill. That, that takes you into... Yeah, that's like Gus has come to the club, bang, he gets Josh Hodgson. So Josh Hodgson has to be the Bulldogs' first signing under Phil Gould? Yeah. Uh, on, on the field, it has to be a big kill because you can have all the, the pieces that you like and they've got Josh Adokar, they've recruited last year with Corey Allen, Kyle Flanagan, all those guys, but they need a, a big playmaking kill to be helped to bring the next crop through. Yeah, no, I, look, I think the thing you've got to recognise with Canterbury, which is significantly different to Penrith, is that whenever something went wrong at Penrith, if you didn't get a recruitment decision right, the next kid was coming through. They had such a good junior nursery that they didn't didn't necessarily matter if the, the, the Matt Moylan experiment didn't work or the Bryce Cartwright yeah. didn't work. There was always someone I, else. He won't get field. that. Keep on, separate it. On field and off off field, he's going to put in the place. Same with the Warriors. Well, he won't have that with the juniors there. The They're, juniors well, will be fine. They're big enough. That area, he just has to develop a, a base like Penrith did where it be up in the mountains or that's, out that's, his, well, that's going to be his legacy. Okay, get, well, let, to get let, that let's happening. take a look at what Gus helped set up in terms of moving Penrith's focus from Penrith catchment area out west and they went bush. So likes of Isaiah Yo, Charlie Staines, Matt Burton, Liam Martin, Brent Naden. He won't have that at Canterbury. So he's going to find it harder. Well, he, he, no, but a lot of clubs don't have it because we don't have a national reserve grade competition. The ki kids aren't playing at the moment. These kids all came through playing it. He's going to have to go get his recruitment team, his development team, and the, the HBU, whatever else. They're going to have to implement some plans. And you have a smart thinker like Gus who's going to be able to say, right, let's go this area, let's send some troops out, try and go this area, get them interested in the Bulldogs. Because everyone wants to go to Penrith now because they're, you know, they're young, up and comings. But that, that team will be together for four or five years if they can keep the cap together but I'm saying on field next year they need to see some improvement because if they get the back line next year and they still come last yeah, you know, the pressure's going to build on Trent Barrett. Then you're going to have to start putting out spot fires everywhere. You need to see a little bit of success on, and development on the field as well. He might be limited to what he can do because they spent a lot of money on the recruits they've got so far, and they might as well. They might even land Tavita Pangoy Jr., which hamstrings them with. A I'm hearing that's done. Is it done? Not, not quite yet. They're waiting on discussions this evening with with the the Broncos in regards to his his payout and his termination there. And who does Tavita want to go to? Well, West Tigers, Tigers or, or Bulldogs? It's Tigers yeah. or Bulldogs. I, I look, he's obviously two teams that have struggled in recent years, so. It's it's a matter of where he wants to go to and hopefully we'll get a decision one way or another tonight. All right, when uh, Gus arrived at Penrith back in 2011, he had a very hands-on approach in Ivan Cleary's first stint at the club. Will he have that next year with the Bulldogs? And how will Trent Barrett react to that? Because it is a voice one over his shoulder, mm. but how long will he want that voice to be the dominant voice for? I don't think it'll, I think it'll be a partnership, if anything. Yeah, Baz is a, a young up-and-coming coach still. 
uh, in his second opportunity with the Bulldogs and he's going to be leaning on Gus for guidance. That's why he brought Steve Hansen in. He needs, he's asking for some guidance here to help rebuild a club. This isn't a, a premiership contender where, you know, he can go to Gus and ask him, you know, what do we need to do here? He's going to have to have some guidance in, you know, player form, player recruitment, all that kind of stuff. So I think he'll have a hands-on approach from the recruitment side of things, obviously, but more or less just helping Baz get through some of those hard times that he's had to experience this year because Gus has been there. Gus has helped, you know, Penrith in 2011. He, he got me to the club. He sold me on the uh, uh, the HPU you know, out there the, that they've got, which is state-of-the-art, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the next crop of juniors have come through and you'll see how successful they are right now. So um, I don't think it'll be hands-on day-to-day, but he'll be there if Baz needs him. Michael, you had in your Sydney Morning Herald article and column this morning that it could be the dream team between Steve Hansen, rugby and Phil Gould League. Is, is it going to be the dream partnership or could it be too many cooks spoiling the broth? Yeah, I take your point on that. I'm sure Canterbury will take that into consideration as well. So Steve Hansen at the moment is a consultant there. He went, he went in last month, he spent 10 days with the Bulldogs and that's his only involvement because of COVID, face-to-face involvement with the club. Now, my understanding, I spoke to Aaron Warburton, the CEO of the Bulldogs. He's off contract in October there, Hanson. They're trying to extend him and expand his role within the club to have more of a hands-on role day-to-day. Now, what that means with Phil Gould is yet to be yet to be seen. Now, they may clash, they may work there, they may come together and form the dream team, as you mentioned, as I wrote about today. There's no doubt they are two big personalities, and sometimes that doesn't work. However, for the good of Canterbury, this might just be this might just be the thing that puts well, Gus alone puts them on the map. I was going to say, you don't bring Phil Gould in if you think that that's going to spoil. You know, too many cooks. You bring Phil Gould in as the cream to the cake and to make sure that we're going in the right direction. Okay, speaking of direction, 13 NRL teams based in Victoria, the ACT in New South Wales, headed north as part of Operation Relocation last week. That was a success, but there's been a halt in terms of getting families of Sydney-based players up to Queensland. Michael, they were meant to go last Saturday. Has there been an update? Is there an update? They are still working with the families to get them up later this week, towards the end of the week. The, the NRL and the Queensland Government have been discussing ways to obviously... My understanding of the situation last week was the Queensland Government obviously received a bit of blowback on the players and families coming up when people have been trying to get exemptions to get into the state, which is understandable. So they are making all the families apply individually rather than as one group associated with the NRL. They're going through all that paperwork now. So the, the aim is to get the families up there later this week. They can do the 14 days in a separate hotel. And once their time is up, they can reunite with the, with the players. So that's, that's the, the update at the moment. Nothing confirmed as of yet, but... Looking, looking good for the families. Sowie, if you're a player and you thought one day your family was coming on a plane, you find out the next day that they're not and then you don't know now, four mm. or five days later, that when they're going to come up, how would that affect you given you're already away from home for an unpredictable amount of time? They don't know when they're coming home yet. Yeah, and I can understand that and sympathise with it but you still have a job to do and your job is to go out there and win football games and that doesn't change whether you're at home or not. And I understand most, a lot of people need their family with them to be able to help function with playing rugby league. But um, I, I just hope it, the families are, are safe because you know, it's going to be a lot of pressure on those partners you know, of the players to go into a hotel quarantine with kids for 14 days. You know, that's mentally strong. We're, we're at home right now with two kids and it's mentally hard. So um, I think that the players will be okay and get through it. They have the outlet of going to games and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, but they'll just want their family to be safe. I think if they can get them up there, get them up there. But you know, we also need to be remem- reminded that 
there's other people out there that are worse off that are, like Michael has said, having to deal with not being able to go to Queensland to see loved ones and, and people that are, you know, ill. So I hope it gets done, but, yeah, it'll, it'll might take a little bit longer. All right, Michael, it was initially announced that these teams would be up there for four weeks. Do we know when the NRL will announce an extension to that? Because if families are only arriving in a couple of weeks, I dare say they won't be coming back after three more weeks of footy. No, well, that's right. If you take in consideration, they'll probably leave at the end of the week, add on 14 more days, that's three weeks away before they actually get out. So it's hard to imagine they'd be going through all this effort if they were coming back in the next month. So, look, I think, and I spoke to a lot of clubs, that they are planning for this season to be finished in Queensland, play the final series there and have the grand final at Suncorp, maybe take it on the road, go to the highest bidder, Melbourne, who knows? But I don't think this is coming back to be played here. If we play the grand final, not in Sydney, anywhere else but Suncorp, I probably won't watch it. <laughs> All right, so on Saturday morning I woke up to read the Sydney Morning Herald and uh, read uh, hashtag Chamus Confidential, the first edition. Uh, when's the second edition uh, coming like that, out and, and what's in it? Having a little bit of fun, having a little bit of fun with the, uh, the hotel feuds, who doesn't get along with who in each hotel. Had a bit of fun with it, mate. I enjoyed it. All right. Yeah. Yes. I don't think you subscribe. Maybe you should subscribe. You'll be able to read it. Please. Anyway, moving on. Just How many gigs do you have? Uh, with the 2021 <laughs> State of Origin series one and done by New South Wales, our focus is fully back on the NRL and the remaining six weeks of the regular season before finals, seven weeks before finals. Let's take a look at how the ladder stands and find out who is going to make the top eight and play finals footy. So the Storm are leading the way with 14 straight wins. Incredible, really. At the other end of the scale, it's the Bulldogs trying to avoid the wooden spoon in a battle with the Broncos. The top six, they've opened up a bit of a gap on the rest. So let's focus on seventh, your Dragon Sowie, all the way through to 13th with only four points separating those teams. Of the teams currently outside the top eight, how many are still in the race for the finals. Yeah, well, you've got to take into consideration a couple of things. Uh, obviously, the draw over the next month. The Raiders have a pretty tough draw. Newcastle have some winnable games. The Titans have some winnable games. And so do the West Tigers. So they could go on a bit of a run, but their for and against is terrible. So um, I would probably say going off just off the weekend's form, but I am concerned about their injury uh, toll as the Raiders, Jack Whiten, because they do have that kind of style that could, you know, Ricky could get them on a run, and the Knights. Uh, but... Again, the Newcastle Knights, uh, seriously. So you've got 10 teams in the race? I've got 10 teams outside. in the race, Thomas? yeah. Uh, I'll probably say, given the Tigers' draw, I'd say 1 to 12. Oh, sorry, yeah, 7 to 12 are in the race for that last two spots. Okay, realistically, Sowie, of those teams, who snares the final two spots in six weeks? None. The eight stays the exact same way as it is right now. Uh, the Dragons and Sharks will probably jostle for that seventh and eighth, who, who finishes seventh and eighth, and then you'll see. Uh, maybe the Seagulls go on a bit of a run and, and finish fifth or sixth, depending on you know, how they go towards the back end. If they can't chase the top four, I think you'll see you know, Tommy get a rest, um, maybe Kieran four and get a rest. But the top three or top four is almost settled. I think the top eight's done. Michael, agree? Yeah, I think, oh, look, I, I see the Raiders making it. I don't know which team misses out, Dragons or Sharks. The Dragons, seriously. You're not brave enough we? to say Dragons. Oh, no, I'm brave enough. That, would, that was so disappointing on the weekend. Oh, I, I, I had high hopes after the first few rounds, thinking that things were going good. I, I, I just, I just don't know. As a, as a Dragons fan, you scratch your head thinking that performance. Okay, regardless of enough. regardless of who makes those bottom two spots, could either of them upset, say, a Roosters in first week of the finals if they're battered with? Nah, them? they're just delaying their holiday for a week. <laughs> I, I, you know what, the Roosters are have been. I think if you got the Roosters first week and you were the Sharks or the Dragons, and that, and that was eighth or even the Raiders. That's probably the, the game that it would be upset uh, the most. There's, no one's upset in Manly. They'll, 
I think they're going. They might be heading to a big prelim. Okay. All right. Rugby league fans are in for an absolute treat this evening, as episode one of Wild West Tales of Tiger Tan airs on Fox League and KO at 7:30 p.m. Earlier today, I was lucky enough to speak to their gun 58 Adam Dewey, who gave rare insight into this documentary. One, two, three. Five. Why do I love rugby league? Shut the curtain for me. Some of you guys need to look in the mirror. Go! Go! Yes! Where we end up will be determined by how hard we want to do things every single day. Every moment of this for each other. The West Tigers are always in a game. Adam, thanks so much for joining us for a chat on Inside the NRL. We can't wait to watch this series, but as a player who features in this series, uh, how are you looking forward to watching this? Yeah, it's going to be a bit strange, I guess. Um, the camera's obviously been following us uh, throughout the season so far, and um, it's obviously going to give, I guess, people and viewers a, a good insight into how our NRL club is run um, from inside the four walls. and. Um, to be honest, me personally, I'm looking forward to it. I was sort of marked up in a few of the training sessions and, and on game day and stuff. And it's just to watch it back as a player and uh, observe myself. And um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be very interesting viewing. Obviously, there's a fair bit of media attention on players these days. You have to do media every couple of weeks. But what was it like having cameras following you day in, day out inside that inner sanctum of your club? Yeah, I guess on the field, it uh, wasn't too bad. I guess cameras are usually watching us on the field. and um, Although at times there was different players mic'd up and, and stuff like that, which was a bit different. But, yeah, I guess inside the gym and in a few of our meetings and stuff, it was a bit different. And um, I don't know if players sometimes were hesitant to say some stuff or not. But, um, yeah, most of the stuff is, I guess, pretty truthful. And, yeah, we try to make it, make it as, I guess, raw as possible. And everything that's seen in our video clips, in our review sessions, in our gym sessions and... I guess on the training paddock is um, what we do week in, week out and, and on a daily basis. And, yeah, it should be, um, I guess, very interesting viewing. Now, we know that uh, West Tigers fans can be an unforgiving bunch at the best of times. Do you think they'll view the players, the coaching staff, the club differently after watching this series? Uh, a bit of a tough, tough question for me. I guess I think they will. Uh, we sort of talk about being this hard-working club and Madge is always out in the public saying we're working hard at training and... Um, results just don't seem to be going our way and we're putting in the work and um, I guess if Tigers fans watch this and I guess just really do see how hard we do work at training and I guess how thorough our coaches and us players are when we watch video clips and um, have review sessions how honest players and coaches can be accountable for their actions and where we need to improve and how we practice at a training and um, I guess how the leaders speak on the field and at the training paddock as well and um, I guess yeah so if Tigers fans can um, sort of get a picture behind what Madge has been saying in the public and um, show how hard we do work at training and I'm sure every other club does the same thing and um, yeah so yeah Now with every great series or Hollywood film there has to be a star of the show we know David Nofaluma <laughs> loves the camera but with no Benji Marshall no Robbie Farah taking the limelight who is the star of this new series? Yeah you hit the nail on the head there I guess Nofa uh, knows how to find a camera you can see after his his tries, he scores, he's always looking at the camera and um, giving it sort of a stern look. And um, But, yeah, he's, he's obviously one that loves the camera. I'm, I'm a bit different. I'm, I don't really like the camera too much. And uh, I guess another big big one is Luciano Leilua. 
uh, obviously a very likable character and gets very loud around the joint and um, yeah, he's a very loud person and uh, I'm sure you'll see him feature in a few of the segments and at training and in the gym and uh, just see stuff he gets up to, I guess. Now, we saw in the trailers for this series, your coach, Mike Maguire, didn't hold back at all. What was he like in the sheds? Did he hold back when you were trailing 18-10 at halftime against the Broncos? Uh, no, nah, to be honest, it was uh, pretty calm. I guess just during my halftime, although we were behind on the scoreline. Um, I guess as a, us as a, a senior playing group, me, Brooksy and uh, Jimmy Tama did most of the talking. Uh, we were out there. We knew, we knew what the feel was like out in the paddock and uh, me and Brooksy spoke about our attack and uh, Jimmy sort of touched on our defence and Madge gave us a few clear messages in attack and defence about where he wants us to be better and improve and um, we knew that once we got into our arm wrestle in the second half and just put some fatigue into them and kicked them to corners and made them come out of their own end. They didn't like that and um, we knew we'd, we'd score some points when we uh, got into the opposition 20. So, um, yeah, it was pretty calm training around half time and Madge was calm and uh, worked out well in the end. Now, you had a great return to the 5'8th position, uh, five try assists in that match. Are you confident you'll remain there for the rest of the year because you've made it publicly clear that you want to be the 5'8 for the West Tigers for the remainder of the year? Yeah, I am confident, to be honest. Um, I guess Magic's thrown me around in a few different positions um, now and I guess I am that versatile type and uh, he likes to agitate the group and we don't get the results we, we were after and uh, me being a half back in the day, I'm... He, he saw me, uh, the change to centre to be beneficial for us and um, I guess he's, he's given me a second chance now, putting me back in the halves and um, yeah, I just want to be, be really thorough with myself and um, have open conversations with Madge and be honest with him and uh, see where we can improve in attack and defence and um, yeah, I'm glad we are able to ice some opportunities, me and Brooksy, um, that arose against the Broncos and um, I'll look at my game today and see where I can be better in attack and um, come next Saturday against Manly, look to, I guess, uh, score some points against them as well. So that win over the Broncos means you're only one win outside the top eight. With six weeks remaining, your coach, Mike Maguire, said yesterday you've had internal chats about where you want to be as a club in six weeks. What is the goal for the West Tigers this year? Yeah, we sort of, we sort of sat down, um, I guess, early last week when we first came into Brisbane and um, spoke honestly as a group. We knew um, players, staff, our yeah, whole organisation is taking sacrifices. There's people in the front half first back home that are, that aren't in jobs at the moment, and we um, you know people here are leaving their wives and, and kids behind. And um, we spoke about this being sort of a second chance for us this season, and sort of starting fresh. And um, we spoke, we really spoke about after this next eight weeks is uh, making the sacrifice worthwhile for us. And if we can look back back after eight weeks and say that we've done the club, the organisation, our family's proud and somehow end up in, in the top eight. Um, it would be fantastic for us. And, it'll, yeah, as I said, make the sacrifice worthwhile. So we're one from one, I guess, in the bubble at the moment. And the more wins we can uh, get along the way, the uh, better position we're going to be come the end of the season. And just away from uh, footy and the series for a moment, a couple of years ago you made the decision for us to pronounce your last name as Dewey and not Dewey. But earlier this year, the likes of Josh Papali'i, uh, Charles, Nicol Klukster changed their names for us to pronounce them correctly. Have you had any inkling or any consideration to change it back to Dewey? Uh, not really, to be honest. It's crossed my mind a bit. But um, I guess when I was growing up, I've sort of been called Dewey and Dewey. It's... Uh, I've never really cemented one last name in and uh, coming over Lebanese heritage, they do say Dwayne here in Lebanon, but being here in Australia, we just say Dewey. So I guess us as a family, we're not too fast and 
um, we just decided to go with Dewey because it's easier for the commentators. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to just leave it at that. Okay, well, Adam Dewey, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. Uh, We can't wait to watch that series tonight. Best of luck against Manly on Saturday. Uh, Thanks, mate. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks, guys. Wild West Tales of Tiger Town. Front and centre will be coach Michael Maguire throughout that series. Michael Chamis, you've been one of his greatest critics. Will this series help the West Tigers fans and the critics understand him better? Uh, Look, I... I think the West Tigers fans actually quite like Michael Maguire. My assessment from hearing a lot of the comments are that they think he's taking the club in the right direction. I think he is. However, it's the, the, my criticism has been that they're not able to improve the roster, and I, that's been my criticism. Can that improve with Michael Maguire still at the helm? Uh, this, and results. Well, results is obviously that's that can, obviously at the forefront. They can't improve the roster when they can't get players there, and it's showing. But this series, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it'll do wonders for his image and perhaps even with players because players talk and perception is sometimes reality. It might not be real, but that's how they feel about Michael Maguire uh, in regards to recruitment. It might help him. Sarah, you're a big fan of sports docos. Mm. We absolutely love them. Uh, do you think this will be the start of a revolution of docos in rugby league? Yeah, I think with the Titans you know, sort of set the standard and then NRL.com did the Dragons one you know, not too long ago. So uh, I think that the NFL have like a hard knocks sort of pre-season type uh, documentary series that you could bring out every year that the fans would be interested in and craving that period of rugby league but uh, whether all the teams give access you know we've seen two teams that aren't in the top four or competing for championships do it Um, I would prefer probably see you know Roosters Melbourne would I mean I'll watch that tonight but Roosters Melbourne I'm getting the popcorn out and and making sure I sit down and, and definitely watch it. Michael if there was one series that the history of rugby league what would you like to see documented in a series like that? Uh, probably something a bit more recently. The, the most fascinating thing I've ever covered was that coaching merry-go-round a few years back with Ivan, Wayne Bennett, Anthony Seabold, uh, obviously Anthony Griffin at the time and Wayne Bennett linked to Penrith. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in those conversations and heard what those meetings were like and how those decisions all came about. A lot of lies told, a lot of deception. And that would have been a fascinating That's just series. in your article. Hey? That, that was just in, in my article, article correct. <laughs> Yours? Are oh, you proud of yourself? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah, some of those kangaroo tours, you know, hearing those old stories from me. But again, the, the successful teams, the back-to-back documentary of, of the Roosters and the Broncos, the similarities of, of what those teams had to go through, plus the bounce back from Melbourne in 2010, you know, the salary cap stuff, how they were able to rebuild and then become a powerhouse for the next 10 years. Yeah, that's the one I'd want to see for yeah. sure. All right, the 2021 State of Origin series is over. The Blues, congratulations, winning 2-1. Boys, uh, we've got to wrap this series up in 60 seconds. So no fence sitting today, Michael, OK? Sorry? That's right. All right, uh, question one. Uh, from what you saw last Wednesday night, Queensland are closer to New South Wales than what you thought. Yes, and they'll bring in Harry Grant and, and some players next year as well. I think they got the mix right. So yes. There's 20 seconds gone. Yes. Uh, Mitch Moses' performance helped or hindered his chances of playing Origin again? Helped. Hindered. Paul Green will coach Queensland next year. If not, who does? No. Cameron Smith. No. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Stop the timer. (laughs) Now we can chat. I said Billy Slater, but obviously there's been some stuff that's gone on there, so I think they'll ask Cameron Smith to do it. Michael. No, Wayne Bennett. Wayne's not doing it. What's ben, he going to do next year? He's sitting around doing nothing. Preparing for 2023, buddy. Ben Hunt will be Queensland's starting hooker in 2022? Yes. Yes. Nah, miss. No. 
That's the next. Harry Grant. Ben Hunt will also be Queensland's captain in 2022. No. No. Tom Trebojevic will be the Blues' fullback in 2022. No. No. Sam Walker will make his Origin debut next year. No. Yes. Nice. And uh, the Blues will win next year's series yes. 3-0. 3-0? Yes. No. Okay. We got there. Two I one. think it was about two minutes. But anyway, uh, it's time now for this week's Casualty Award brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And sadly, it's a long list coming out of Round 18 action. I'm sorry we jinxed you last week. The Warriors had a horror day on the injury front against the Panthers. It looks like they've lost Tohu Harris and Wade Egan for the season. Skipper Roger Tuivasa-Shek will need to overcome uh, the relevant testing this week to make sure he's sweet to go after his concussion. David Bowen, his season is also over after he suffered the dreaded ACL rupture. The Bunnies could be without the game's leading tri-scorer tri-scorer Alex Johnston for a month while Campbell Graham and Liam Knight also failed their HIAs in good news for Penrith James Fisher-Harris has avoided scans on his knee, back and ribs after clashing with Viliami Kikau Panthers coach Ivan Cleary could have Jerome Luai back from an ACL injury this week and suggested Nathan Cleary isn't too far away either as his brother Daniel eyes a return, Jacob Saifidi could spend more time on the sidelines with an ankle injury. David Klemmer and Callum Ponga will both need a pass test ahead of round 19 after suffering head knocks. The list continues. Dale Finucane also picked up a head knock out of Saturday night's game. Jack Whiten will have to play through the pain if he's not sidelined with a sternum and rib issue, while Titans duo Philip Sami and Jamal Fogarty could miss some footy. And just a reminder, North Queensland's Valentine Holmes will miss a month of footy after injuring his shoulder in Origin 3. All right, we got there in the end. It's now time for Hit or Miss. There's some talk about him in the papers today. Anthony Milford will help a premiership push in 2021, Sowie. Hit, I think it'd be great depth at Parramatta and provide, you know, if Dylan Brown or uh, Mitch Moses go down, Will Smith, I like in that utility role. He can come on and play in the middle, play at nine. But, yeah, I think that uh, Anthony Milford still has something to, to give in the NRL. Yeah, it's a hit from me. I just don't think it'll be at Parramatta, from my understanding. Like, look, it's... Very lukewarm interest from the Eels. Uh, I think there's some concerns around his physicality, his defence. Uh, you know. Yeah, but you're not pi- you're not picking him up right now to go into your team. He's there as the emer- breaking break. The thing is, Sal, and this is what you have to realise is that he's you have to realise he's going to go in the cap. I have to he's going to go in the cap at full freight, regardless. Like what? What are the um, the Broncos going to chip in? Are they going to really pay for someone for the next six weeks? He's off their books soon. The reality of the situation here, he has to be valued at a certain amount. The salary cap orders won't allow the Eels to pick him up for $10.50 and, and do your best. Is it hit or miss, champion? Oh, you don't want to listen to my reasoning? No. I already said hit or miss. Okay. You I'm surprised with that reasoning that you said hit. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that's I right. think it'll be a good pickup. You said hit and then contradict But it's, it's going to cost a lot of money. Okay. Something needs to be done about blatant six again infringements, Sowie. Hit, massive hit. Uh, teams are giving it away. It's not even six to go, it's one to go. Uh, my solution is that if they do give two away in the same set, it's a penalty, uh, and I think you'll even see one step further. You may you may lose a player to stand on the sideline or at the back of the in goal until that set is completed or until uh, the team gains an advantage. A bit like touch footy. So uh, we're just seeing teams take the you know what uh, at the moment, and they're able to to get away with it. So hit massive hit for me. 
That's, that's going to be, that will dominate this, the off-season, that rule and how the coaches and referees and, and Peter Volandis come together and adjust that so that we're not seeing what we see right now. I don't often like your suggestions, Sowie, but I like that one about someone behind the end goal. If, the, if you are the one who, if it's a second infringement in the set, then that person goes behind the line for until they get the ball back, basically. I, I think that's, that's a good solution. I'm with Sowie. Okay. Payne Haas is worth every cent of a $10 million deal. I'll go to you, Michael. I think it's too long. I think 10 years is a long, long time. And six years, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. I think he's the best prop in the game. Yeah, well, second best. I think Fisher-Harris is actually number one in the game. But he'll get there. Uh, it's just, to, to me, it's, it's a risky business. Do you need to take that risk? Do you not get him if you give him five or six years? I, I just, it sounds good. It looks good for your fans. But, jeez, you're just asking for trouble. I think if you're paying Haas, why not sign three years at 3.5 or something like that? And yeah. <laughs> I get the security, but you know, it's Kevy Walters. I don't know if Kevy will be there in 10 years to see it out. So it's nice to say 10 year deal, but the Bronco, it's the Broncos board that have to come up with it. I'd have six years, 6.2. So it's a double miss. Yep. Nico Hines. Six years, 6.2. That's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's paying Haas's manager. We just don't know it yet. <laughs> Nico Hines. What's your cut? Nico Hines. Uh, won't be playing 5-8 for the Sharks in 2022, Sowie. Hit. I think that uh, they'll probably play him at 7 or, or 1. I don't think they'll play him at 6. So Matt Moore will have that role there, which is it's going to be interesting to see how Craig Fitzgibbon manages that because I think he's one of the probably top fullbacks in the game at the moment. And he's got so much time. He ball plays down a short side. He's got a kicking game and he goal kicks. So whether that translates, he has played halves his whole life uh, and turned into a fullback. But, yeah, I, I think miss... Yeah, I, I'm with Sowie. I think he'll be playing in the number seven. Uh, he's going to be playing halfback for the Sharks next year. Yeah, I think that's what Fitzgibbon's plan is at this stage. Unless he can find the number seven, but he's let go of Sean well, He's got Trindle. He's got Trindle. He likes, I, he I likes actually him. like Trindle. I don't know what it means for Will Kennedy, but I actually like Trindle, Moylan and, and Hines with, with Braley. I think that's a... Yeah, maybe Kennedy go, can go into the centres or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, on the back of uh, the Maroons' win in Origin 3 last week, Phil Gould, we spoke about him off the top of the show, but here was his suggestion about upcoming Origin series moving forward. Perhaps we make them best of five-game series. Series ends with team when they win three games. That way we're always guaranteed at least three games. Winners get to celebrate and receive the Shield straight after a third win. 2021 series would still be alive with Queensland on the rise. Just thinking. So with that in mind, State of Origin should be a best of five series. Miss. Michael. <laughs> well, funny you show that tweet. I haven't seen that before. He's blocked me on Twitter, the great Gus. So Aren't you on 100% footy? I'm on, sh- on the show with him. Awkward. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> we, no, we get along. But yeah, no, block me on Twitter. So oh, I haven't seen that, but I don't really like that idea either, to be honest. So I just think the competition just can't afford to be uh, stopped for five, well, for five games. You imagine the blow up from the clubs. Oh, the clubs would be filled. Yeah, miss for me. I think journos wear that as a badge of honour, Gus blocking them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was accidental. Oh, please. <laughs> ask, ask him on air tonight. On the ask him on air tonight. <laughs> All right, time for champ and chump. Sally, it's your week. What have you come up with? Yeah, my uh, chump this week is... Uh, sorry, my champ. Champs. Champ Let's first champ. is the Million Dollar Ball Boys. I love this. I'm actually quite jealous seeing these. So much talent on the sidelines. Look at Jake Trebojevic there. Is there a nicer guy who loves rugby league more? Mitch Moses probably needs to get the mask up around the beak a little bit more. Uh, but it's great seeing the guys involved and, and doing it. Latrell Mitchell, he celebrated the try uh, last night so I love seeing that uh, I think it's uh, important for the kids out there to still be show that the boys want to do it they could just sit there but they want to do it maybe, uh, maybe the 18th man should do it every week I like it 
Yeah. Keep yourself warm before you get on. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, uh, week next week. This is my segment. Uh, Chump, <laughs> look, I know that haircuts, uh, look at me, I'm Tom Hanks off uh, Castaway at the moment, <laughs> as we all are, but uh, Dylan Brown, uh, I know that is just a, <laughs> it's horrendous. I think they're calling it high tide. I don't know what they're calling it. He's a great, he's a good-looking cat. That's standard out west, mate. He's gone from more often. he's gone from a nine to a seven point five in my uh, ratings of hotness. Um, I can't take the haircut. But he played good on the weekend. He did. All right, uh, they're great suggestions, but uh, this is my segment. Okay. Yours. All right. Uh, I don't know how you went past him. He's one of your favourite players. He's the biggest personality in the game. Brandon Smith, champ champ. Oh, all right, this. we need to roll the tape going. here because he is the biggest smart ass in the game. Also, this is the coach's <laughs> bag, Craig Bellamy, filling it with rocks when he got onto the team bus, and then afterwards he goes, "Hey, coach, here's your bag." And guess what? <laughs> Believe it or not, because there's so many rocks in it, Craig couldn't pick it up. So Sowie, back to the old era is here. He would be filthy. <laughs> Look at Josh out of car here. I just, I laughed. I watched this about six times today. It's good fun. So, <laughs> and here he is trying to explain the case. No, 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 it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was the fox. It was the fox. It was. So, yeah. back to the way this segment used to run before I hijacked it. Is yeah. he the champ or the chump? Chump cheese or champ cheese? He's the champ. He might be a double champ cheese later in the year. Yeah. Great content. I love that. He could be melted cheese by the end of that. He could be on the bench this week. <laughs> oh, <boy>. Is <laughs> Harry Grant back? I don't know. Nah. All right. Don't forget, NRL teams, uh, three champions will be there tomorrow uh, on this set right here. 3.55pm, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrah and Neve Owens will bring you all the latest team news from round 19 as the team list drop at 3.55pm. Uh, all right. So... Uh, how good was this? Another sixty thousand dollars was added to added to the sports bet sports bets try July campaign. It takes a tally to one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars for the Mossy Masoi uh, Foundation with one round to go. Sowie, you caught on a million dollars. We're not quite there, but we saw a great response on the weekend. Yeah. One final shout out to players. Come on, boys, get involved. Make sure, and if you don't score the try, don't wreck it. Okay, don't be the pelican that jumps over the top. Let them celebrate. Let's get as much money as we can for Mossy Masoi. A lot of time to practice in the bubble. That's right. Well said. Keep the haircuts coming. Keep the post-try celebrations coming. Here were the best from Origin 3 and Round 18. Charge down by Billy Army Kikau. The big Fijian. Cracking the coconut, drinking the car. I don't know what that's about, but it's a try celebration. Corey Allen with his own post-try celebration. He might have a job post-playing career. And then he does a little bit of uh, swimming as well. Oh, yes. Shoey into the dance. Not had it all. What a moment for the young fella. Smith under the bar.